I'm Kate Daniels. Sometimes it is the really tough things that happen that can be a big wake-up call for all of us. Potentially, the last two years have been such a call. And if they were, and we understand the importance of building and maintaining a healthy body, Dr. Jimmy Stewart, a family practice physician with Pacific Medical Centers, is here to help us with a checklist of things, a short checklist that will help us with this goal. Dr. Jimmy Stewart, good morning. It is wonderful to welcome you here this morning. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. And I am really glad that we have this opportunity because certainly talking about what is important for good health, which is good health is pretty fundamental for a good life, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so having this opportunity to talk about steps that we can take, uh, actions, activities that will benefit us and and help make a difference, uh, whether we're already on a good path or just getting started, uh, I think you're here to help us kind of figure that out, right? Definitely. Definitely would like to try and help keep everybody as healthy and happy as possible. So here we are uh, now. Fortunately, I think at the other end of a pandemic, but a time that certainly turned our lives, uh, I guess, really upside down. And and maybe we've gotten somewhat into bad habits or really didn't um, have good habits to begin with. So is there something that we should be thinking about particularly as we, it's almost like coming out of a cocoon and, and a new life in a way? Yeah, definitely. Um, It has impacted and changed a whole lot of things, and I think kind of physical activity is probably the biggest one that's been impacted by all of this. Because we had limited space in a way, right, as to be able to... Yeah, limited options. Um, You know, people were not going to the gym as often. People were not going out to parks or public settings as often. People are not going into their office or their place of work as much. Uh, So many more people are working from home these days, and that's really cut back on the amount of activity, even simple walking that they do every day. And I can attest to that because I did a lot of work from home versus being now back in the building at least 75% of the time. And I have a Fitbit, and I can really see what a difference it makes. And I think it's easy to get lulled into thinking, oh, I've been active, but really when we get outside of our homes, we do um, generate a lot more activity, don't we? Absolutely, yeah. Um, Definitely walking in between offices, going up and down the stairs of buildings, um, going to meetings um, was actually probably a huge help for a lot of people. Uh, Definitely studies are showing that, you know, even 10 minutes of brisk walking goes a long way to improve your overall health. And that might not have been as easily accomplishable during this last two years. So if we haven't been able to be as active as ideally we should be, are, are there kinds of precautions or something to consider as we get back outside of our homes, get back into workplaces again, that sort of thing? That is a good question. The honest answer is as long as we are starting slowly, anybody who doesn't have any kind of cardiovascular health or is otherwise healthy um, can really start a moderate training activity without consulting with a doctor or being too worried about consequences. 
So um, as long as you're healthy overall, the advice would be to go ahead and get out there and get started in any way that you can. And as you said, walking is certainly a, a simple activity and doesn't cost us anything. Right, yeah, completely free, and it doesn't even have to be very hard. Um, walking about three miles per hour is considered a moderate activity, so you don't have to be sweating or panting at all. Um, but it's enough that it gets the heart racing enough and gets the vascular supply stretching and exercising as it should be. And and that is the thing we're looking for, is to get our our cardiovascular working so that our heart is pumping a little more than if, when we're just sedentary. Exactly. What I was always told during training was that when you're exercising, you don't have to be pouring sweat or hyperventilating. You should be breathing heavy enough that you could not sing if you wanted to, but you could still be perfectly fine talking and discussing, um, chatting with your neighbor as you walk or whoever you trust. And we see a lot of people, of course, with uh, either the iPods or having, well, just their phones, and maybe they're having a conversation as they take a walk. So this way it's, uh, you know, they still can make their phone calls, but they're out there being active. Exactly. Definitely. That'd be a great way to get started and to do something and kind of multitask during the day. Because <laughs> we're always thinking about that piece of it. But the thing is, so we get moving, we start, you know, doing the, uh, say, up to 30 minutes of, of that walking a day. But then we need to increase that, right? We can't just do 30 minutes of walking forever. Right. Yeah, definitely. If you're looking to maximize your cardiovascular health, it is not just advisable to do cardiovascular activity like walking, um, but also some strength training or some weightlifting, and that should be done at least twice a week to really maximize your heart health. Is there a way to maybe do some of that together? Like, you know, I think about people wearing weights on their wrists or their ankles. Does that qualify? Does that help? That does, yeah, certainly. And especially in this area, I think even hiking with a backpack could be really helpful in building muscle and exercising your cardiovascular system. Well, maybe that's an idea. If if we aren't able to get out hiking, get up into uh, around a lake or up into the mountains, maybe we just get our backpack out and put a few books in it, maybe increasing that weight as we go along? Yeah, definitely. Listening to your body and slowly progressing as tolerated. And what is that doing for us when we add that, um, add the weights, add the uh, kind of, what, more strain on our body? Definitely helps build muscle. Um, and building of muscle is very helpful in uh, utilizing a lot of the cholesterol and sugar and excess materials that we often get in our diet and helping to improve your overall health. Well, that certainly is a plus because we know that it's really tough to keep those things out of our diet because they're just kind of, they sneak in in, in the foods that uh, we often have, especially if we buy prepared foods, right? Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of um, extra materials, preservatives in the prepared easy options, unfortunately, and it can be very difficult in our busy lives to eat a healthy diet. So therefore, if we have been 
uh, dependent on that, we're able to be using up some of the energy that has in our body by by adding weight training. Exactly. And then the biggest thing, like I said, is that muscle building really helps with the overall heart health. So it, it, just the, the muscles in the whole body, not just, say, muscles around our heart. Exactly, yeah. For whatever reason, um, definitely lots of studies have shown that those who are exercising not just the cardiovascular system but also the muscles twice per week really help um, prevent long-term cardiac disease. Perhaps because, like I said, it helps lower the total cholesterol levels and improve your overall fitness. So I, I think I've heard before, I'm not sure that we actually have mentioned that, but this, say the 30 minutes of walking, ideally that happens at least five times or a minimum of five times a week. Yes, um, that's a pretty good way of looking at it. Um, the minimum we should all shoot for is at least 150 minutes of activity per week. And that can be split up in 10-minute intervals. So, you know, some people who might not have an hour to devote completely to exercise might be able to squeeze in time, you know, walking for 10 minutes before work, during lunch and after work, um, to the bus or to the train or whatever your mode of transportation is. Um, However you can fit that into the schedule is kind of the biggest thing. And and studies have shown as long as it is a 10-minute interval, it does seem to be helpful reducing risk of complications from heart disease. Ah, so 10 minutes is kind of a magic time frame. Yeah, something about continuous activity for 10 minutes is enough that it starts to break down all the bad components in our diet, fat, cholesterol, and also work out the cardiovascular system enough that it promotes that continuous remodeling and um, strengthening of the system. Okay, so if we're just getting started because we've been pretty sedentary, stuck at home doing all of our work before getting out, although I don't think that happened for the medical industry, right? You were just on the go constantly. Yeah, uh, definitely for a lot of us, it was business as usual or a little bit more. Right. And and so, but for many of us, coming from a place of having been fairly sedentary, you were saying, Dr. Stewart, that, you know, gradually build this up so that, or or just, you know, start maybe with 10 minutes each day. And um, after the first week, it gets to be two 10-minute segments five times a week, right? Yeah, exactly. Setting uh, reasonable, attainable goals is kind of the biggest key to start with. And then continuing to push yourself each time you meet those goals. And that does a lot, not just for your overall health, but, you know, mental health, energy, and satisfaction. So what what I found is that I, this was a great ideal, idea, an ideal, and yet, um, you know, I, it was easy to, to kind of think maybe I was doing okay, but not sure. But I, I mentioned my Fitbit earlier, and when once I got this and I could really monitor how many steps I was accomplishing, it actually was a huge motivator. I think it helps to do something like that for ourselves. Definitely. Having something that can track you, remind you, and keep you accountable and also reward you goes a long way for keeping up with lifestyle changes, especially trying to get back into a good health routine. So it doesn't have to be some... 
expensive kind of gimmicky gadget or such, but just something that can help us, even a pedometer, right? Yeah, even a pedometer or even an old-fashioned piece of paper where you can write down that you accomplished your goal for that day or that week, and you can continue to track that and see your progress goes a long way. Right. And so thinking of tracking it on paper then, um, what about uh, gauging our weight, you know, monitoring that? Do we get on the scale regularly? What's your feeling about that? That can be tough. Um, Definitely it can help motivate people if they are losing weight, but it can be very distracting and uh, put you down, for lack of a better term, um, if you're not gaining weight as you should. It is important to keep in mind if you're also building muscle with this. Muscle actually weighs more than fat, so you might not notice a significant change on the scale. I think really tracking the time spent, your overall energy, is kind of the better motivator. Okay. So so that's a good place to start. And the important thing is, though, get started. Definitely. Whatever you can do to get started and... Like I said, study has shown any activity. So even if it is just 10 minutes once a day or five times a week, that's going to go a long way to improving overall health. And I think you'll find your mood and energy level as well. What do you recommend for people who might have some sort of a, an injury or even a long-term impediment? In this case, I'm thinking my husband who really banged up his knee. So now he has a brace and he's not supposed to put weight on it. So anyone in that kind of a situation, what do they do to keep themselves active so that, you know, they don't slump back into that sedentary lifestyle again? Yeah, that's definitely going to depend on the exact type of injury, um, Some of the other options are definitely bicycling, um, if that's something that could interest you. It's usually a lot better on the knees and even moderate activity on the bicycle, you know, not even 10 miles per hour, um, can still be the same amount of moderate intensity activity that can help improve your heart health and overall health. Swimming, even if it's just some light swimming, is very easy on the joints and can be very helpful in improving your overall heart health. Studies have even shown that um, working out in the yard or gardening uh, for 10 minutes at a time might be enough to account as moderate activity and improve overall heart health. So there's really a, a wide gamut of whatever it is that is around us that we can take advantage of without having to feel like we need to go to a gym, which, again, sometimes feels like this uh, huge mountain to overcome. Yeah, exactly. One of the biggest keys I always try to find for people when we're trying to improve your overall activity is finding something that you enjoy. There's also a lot of sports out there, such as tennis doubles, that people enjoy doing and definitely counts as moderate activity. Um, Playing games with your friends, whether that's cricket, whether that's uh, basketball, whatever you enjoy doing. So I understand that you uh, moved to the Northwest in part because I think you uh, like the idea of of all the outdoor activity that can be done here. Is that right? Definitely. There's a a wide variety of things out here, canoeing, kayaking, um, hiking, all of which is definitely great for your health. Now, are those some of the things you like to do, canoeing, kayaking? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of kayaking, and I do enjoy hiking. I have been getting more into it, definitely. I was not um, as experienced coming from Kansas, uh, since there's not a whole lot of hiking available <laughs> out there. But definitely enjoying getting the opportunity, and there are some spectacular views and great things to see here. So those are really great motivators, too, aren't they? There's just so many sights to see. And if if you're not aware yet, and this is great for our listeners to check out too, is that we have the Sea to Mountain, I think it's called, is it Pathway or Trekway? It's something like th- over 30 miles that starts really right down at Elliott Bay and goes up into the mountains. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So for hiking or cycling too, it's, it's great for that sort of thing. Uh, and you can do portions of it, you know, like over to Bellevue and back to Seattle or Bellevue to Issaquah and those sorts of things. So I guess that's the sort of thing that around here, um, we're fortunate that we have a lot of opportunities. Yeah, definitely some great things that you could take advantage of and get a lot of enjoyment out for really no cost, or little to no cost. Right. So what would be the strategy then? Is it just... Uh, Knowing head knowledge, like I know I need to get active, or uh, I know I need to get healthy. How how can we be inspired? How can we inspire others to do this for themselves? I think the biggest thing would be, um, like I said, starting those small obtainable goals. Because definitely, you don't want to discourage yourself right away. So even something as easy as starting three times a week, which hopefully most of us could do, and even if it is just a 30 minutes of some kind of activity, you could split it up to 10 minutes, you know, three times a day, whatever you need to do. But if we could all just start with that goal of ultimately getting to 150 minutes per week and knowing that once we're there, we're going to be doing a whole lot of service for our body, I think that's going to go a long way. And again, sitting down and maybe finding a buddy or a friend um, that's also looking to get more active and seeing if you can come up with a game plan together and keep each other um, motivated and uh, consistent. Because the other side of that, if we don't do this for ourselves, it's, it's our overall health, but is it more particularly our heart health that is affected here? Yeah, it's definitely the heart health more than anything. Um, going through you know, research and studies preparing for this interview, uh, I learned that even three hours of you know, sedative activity per day can actually increase your risk of heart disease compared to somebody else who's active throughout the day. And I think that's particularly important um, since a lot of us are now working from home and may not take advantage of the time to go stand up and walk around and keep active throughout the day. I know when the pandemic first began, people said, oh, I'm saving all this commuting time. I I wonder if we've kind of lost sight of that. This was time then that maybe we felt we didn't have, that we could devote to activities, uh, getting the exercise in. We have to remind ourselves of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's good to keep in mind that since we did get some of this time back with commuting, it'd be best to use it actively somehow. Because as you just said, I I think this is so important to underscore that the lack of activity has such a detrimental effect on our heart. 
Definitely. I was really surprised myself that even the three hours, it can definitely be hard for anybody with a computer-based job or working from home to sit there for three hours and not think anything of it. So if we have that kind of a job, whether it's in an office or at home, where basically it is working at a computer, and I think so many of us are, that it's important, what, to take breaks regularly? I would, yeah. Um, just like, you know, if you were working in a regular office, you'd be expected to have some time to go to the bathroom. I would get up, stand up, walk around, do the stairs, even if it's for that 10-minute interval, um, to help keep things active and keep the blood flowing and give the heart a little bit of a workout while you can. And I guess if we then looked at statistics, we know that heart disease is the number one killer, right? Yes, definitely. So not to get all fearful, but in order to be proactive, if if, not just if, it is, the statistics are there, since it is so detrimental to our health, to our life, that should help motivate us to get up and going and, uh, you know, as you said, even get started very slowly but build up. Yeah, exactly. Because if you could reach that goal of 150 minutes, it doesn't have to be the exact every single week, but if you can get in that range, definitely you can reduce your heart risk. You know, some of these studies were even saying 15 to 40 percent. Which is really, that's amazing if if we yeah. could, yeah, even at the you lower end. How many people have heart disease or go to the hospital with heart issues? That would be, you know, huge to be able to reduce that amount. Right. Oh, absolutely. So your practice is focused on family medicine, correct? Yes, that's correct. So with families, this seems to be a, a real critical area then uh, in, in terms of really teaching the, our, our kids, teaching them, modeling for them what we need to do that uh, they can be inspired from a young age to just make this a lifelong habit. Yeah, definitely. And it's really important actually in kids to increase the activity, probably more so than in adults. A lot of sources would say, you know, they need more like an hour of activity per day maintain their maximum health. And especially at a time when they weren't necessarily in classrooms, although even now I'm not sure exactly what's happening at schools when the kids are back, whether they really get time for recess and get out to be active. Yeah, it's definitely been a real difficult time, and especially with the weather in the Seattle area. Um, But whatever we can do to encourage them to be active can go definitely a long way. So kids really need a lot more activity, and it makes a lot of difference if that gets started at a young age and what it does in terms of uh, body health for for the future of that that child as an adult. Uh, for me as a kid, I was... I can't believe how active I was riding my bike or, you know, just out playing for hours on end, especially, uh, you know, on vacation times or, you know, holidays from school. Uh, So it it does make an imprint for the future, doesn't it? Yeah, it absolutely does. And the earlier, you know, just like you were saying, the earlier you can get them involved and active, the better it's going to be. There's even been studies showing that 
you know, plaque can start building up in the heart or in the arteries maybe as early as 16, 18 years of age. And so really encouraging that physical activity from day one is not only going to build that healthy habit, it's going to help reduce that risk of plaque buildup and also hopefully help strengthen the metabolism and help, you know, fight this obesity epidemic that we're facing. And that is definitely a huge issue, isn't it, with our youth? Yeah, absolutely. Probably one of the number one big problems that our youth, unfortunately, is facing. Maybe a little bit more complicated now with the pandemic, but but definitely a big issue. And I think families are in a strong position to really establish healthy habits, healthy routines, something that they're going to enjoy and carry with them well into their adulthood. And that w- it's a combination of nutrition and activity that, if, well, for all of us, but certainly building that or establishing that in in childhood and moving forward. Yeah, definitely. You can never outrun a bad diet, um, but definitely the activity goes a long way as well. Oh, <laughs> that's an interesting phrase. Outru- you can't outrun a bad diet. So the the flip side is really establish good things in our in our diet. Yeah, definitely that would be helpful. Um, but that can definitely be a whole other conversation. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of the tip my, when I was going through training that they always told us. So you can never outrun a bad diet. It is definitely a balance between the two. And so just in a nutshell, because we've been focusing mainly on activity, but in terms of having the right nutrients in our body so that, you know, we will feel what stronger and have the energy for the activity, uh, what are the kinds of foods we should focus on? Definitely making sure we include fruits, vegetables as much as possible, um, you know, it's definitely fine and to have red meat in the diet, and I definitely love my red meat. Making sure that you limit it and try to focus more on foods that are low in saturated fats. Like we were talking about earlier, too, um, if you can avoid a lot more of the preservatives, that goes a long way in reducing your salt and cholesterol intake as well. And I, I remember from other conversations just and I guess reading about this that um, we can do that when we're food shopping stay around the perimeter of the store the grocery store rather than buying off the food shelves yeah exactly staying around the perimeter where they actually have all the refrigeration units and the fresh options so that we make sure to get our fruits and vegetables yeah and along those lines of course, foods are so getting so expensive these days, and and it's understandable that a lot of people are availing themselves of the food banks. And I think those food banks are are also trying to provide nutritious foods. So so it's again being really aware, isn't it, of what to choose and uh, and then what to supply for our family for our kids in particular. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is uh, difficult for some people right now, and it's a matter of doing the best that you can and trying to be diligent when you pick your options. You don't have to stay away from all the preservatives, but definitely if you can limit their use, and then if you are looking at grains and pasta and that kind of thing, try to go for whole grain options, which are a little bit better for you. Right. 
So that's just a little tidbit about the nutritional part. The big thing, though, is to just really have front and center of mind is movement, is exercise, is, is getting ourselves going. Yeah, keeping in mind that any little bit can help. So if it is only that 10-minute interval you can squeeze in once a day, it does show in multiple studies that it's better and it's protective and it's helpful. And it, it, it begins to be kind of a positive addiction. So, yeah. right, it increases. Yeah, definitely. Um, and if you can you know, go farther and include that in your morning routine, that has been shown to release endorphins in the brain and improve your mood, your energy, your productivity throughout the day. I think people will find it, it does nothing but help. Which is great. And I feel that you have helped us by talking through some of these things and giving us some ideas and how to make the approach, depending on where we are at this point in time, really is a, is good information and good motivation. So, Dr. Jimmy Stewart, I think you are really wonderful to do the work that you're doing and really for taking time with us this morning to give us some good insights. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and I hope this helps. And, you know, as medical providers, we're always here and happy to help in any way, so let us know if you have any questions or concerns. And that would be at Pacific Medical Centers, correct? That's correct. Wonderful. Well, again, many thanks for the good work that you're doing.